You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Today is a coaching episode day and I have Heather Frank on with me today. Hi Heather, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I just realized you're in Chicago too. Yes. That's yes. exciting. How we are not I? far from each other. No, uh, that's awesome. I didn't actually realize that um, before, before literally just as I'm talking to you now, I, I see <laughs> the, the show notes that... You have Chicago Counseling Collective. Yes. I love that. I love that name. Thanks. So we're going to be talking today about developing and training an administrative team. So why don't you start with just introducing yourself and your practice and the size and and all that fun stuff, and then we can just hop right into questions you have around the topic. Sure. Yeah, I'm very appreciative of all you have created and put together for us uh, therapist business owners. So thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to be on the podcast. No problem. Um, so I just a little bit about Chicago Counseling Collective. I, I probably went into private practice um, five, four or five years ago and was just a solo practitioner for a while. And um, I came from a university counseling center background. So I really missed training and certainly working with a team um, and collaboration. So I decided last year... Um, probably July 2019, was it, to um, create a S-corporation and then um, brought on two uh, postdoctoral fellows into the practice. And so that was kind of the, the big year to see how that went. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it went really well. Certainly there was a lot to, of change and things to work out along the way. But um, I have decided to continue expanding and have recently have two uh, new postdocs coming on for the fall year because they're kind of on a yearly cycle for their training. And then also recently hired a hybrid clinician position, office manager. She, um, very talented woman, also has a marketing background. So she might also do some social media work for us. And so I'm kind of at this, uh, I guess, um, 
area of growth of, I feel like I need to delegate better. I need to help bring on maybe even more admin staff to do the things that I just don't, I'm finding I don't have the time to do um, with still like managing a pretty hefty clinical load. Um, So yeah, that's kind of really my uh, struggle right now. And I will certainly be self-reflective and admit it's very hard to let go of control uh-huh. to trust other people and, and so I'm trying to figure out kind of the best ways to how do you kind of start letting somebody into that process and how best to train and kind of create an admin team I guess in a way is what I'm so you have one person you say right now admin wise yeah she was hired more specifically for that role and then um, the postdoctoral fellows do have admin they can have administrative components to their position yeah. I've just kind of waxed and weaned what to give them yeah to do. And you have uh, three clinical people then right the two postdocs and the one clinic yes it'll it's three right now and then starting September first there will be two more so it will be five okay perfect. So one of the things that I like to think about with decisions around administrative teams is looking at the next year or so and seeing, you know, what is it, what's your plan in terms of growth on the clinical side? Um, I see that smaller teams uh, obviously don't need as much administrative support, so they, they may not need full teams, administrative teams. Um, and it kind of changes how you look at who you're looking for. If you're um, going to stay smaller for the next couple of years or the next year or two, um, you can really get away with having a couple of full-time or a handful of part-time people who can cover more than one base. But as you get larger, it tends to be smarter to delegate positions administratively to individual people and then have them cross train so that they know each other's roles. One of the things that I learned in sort of growing was I started with one person who did sort of everything. um, And then that Mm -hmm. kind of uh, grew out where we hired a couple of more people. And what issue we always had and something that I see often happening is that whenever someone is on vacation and an administrative person is on vacation or uh, leaves, you almost have to start all over again with either you, you know, picking up while that person is on vacation or gone, or uh, if that person is leaving, kind of reinventing the wheel again with a whole new person. And so I like starting with what is your, what is your goal for the next year in terms of, of size, because that will sort of guide the decision around who to look for now um, and how much how much of a role to give them or how much of an administrative, uh, you know, different components to give them right now. Yeah. So how, how much am I thinking of growing? Yeah. Five at right now plus you. So that's six, right? You're going to be at in the next, you know, couple weeks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's always unclear with, you know, postdoctoral fellows, they may, after they complete their fellowship, they get licensed and they may or may not stay in the practice. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's kind of unclear, I guess, yeah, where things might go from from now to six months from now. Um, yeah. Sorry if it's a little loud out here. Oh, That's no problem. 
So do you, is your part of your business plan to have post fellow doctorates, uh, in your practice? Yeah. Well, and I was also thinking I would like to, so this probably answers your question better. Um, maybe in the next year, hire on a light, uh, a few more license, okay. uh, either clinicians or psychologists so that there can be more support also for supervision of the postdocs, but maybe also hiring staff who are planning to stay or, you know, at least have, uh, the career plan to stay in a group practice for, at least a few years so that there isn't so much with postdocs and trainees. It can be hard because then there is turnover. Yeah. Sometimes year to year. Um, so my hope would be maybe a few more clinicians. I mean, the question is always too office space, but we're in this odd time where, right. you know, if we're staying remote, I have a lot more options right. uh, to hire on staff. If I have to put right. someone in an office, that would be, yeah, an unknown um, then. Okay, so with your one admin right now, they're, what are they doing? Answering phones? Doing billing? Yeah, they're kind of a hybrid. So they're, um, they're also clinicians, so they're seeing some clients. And then they are, um, yeah, handling intake calls, responding to new client inquiries, um, teaching them how to send, like, the welcome email and the portal links for therapy notes. Um, so some of the front-facing so admins have no, no, I've, I've currently been doing all the billing. Is that something um, of delegating? I know you mentioned letting more things go. Is that? <laughs> yes, that's probably one of the harder things to okay. let go. But yes, I mean, that's probably the thing that consumes most of my time right now. And how, doing all the billing. How much time is the clinician slash admin spending doing administrative work on a weekly basis? Probably um five to ten hours of the admin and then she's working on social media posts and boosting our social media accounts so that would probably be another 10 hours so i say she's she's working up to the 20 hours a week of the the admin time but i don't, I don't think she's quite there yet this has been a, a slow warm-up but oh. there's quite a lot she could do in terms of social media and marketing yeah and you said is that like a specialty area for her yeah, she comes from a marketing background. So okay. definitely something she's very skilled at. Um, and with adding sort of administrative duties, you're thinking billing, is there anything else that you're wanting to delegate or is that is billing really kind of the, the crux of it right now? Um, yeah, billing and then something I noticed she's kind of taking on, which I appreciate is like helping like um, with social socializing or kind of office culture. So okay. that would be something nice to have someone helping out with and thinking of ideas and just kind of like a point person that can like corral everyone, you okay. know, together, sending emails to all the staff. Um, just kind of like a point person in a way. That so would be. I'm hearing a few different things. I'm hearing with office culture, um, you know, that can be something administrative or clinical. So in some practices, a clinical director or a site supervisor might be someone that is engaging, you know, part of their work be, would be an engaging, uh, healthy workplace, positive uh, office culture. But also um, from an administrative standpoint, some practices who may not have a clinical director or supervisor or something similar 
in a leadership position. We'll have an administrative person who's in a leadership position, um, someone like a practice manager or an office manager. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and that works because that's kind of the hybrid title she has, office manager and staff clinician. So I think that would fall nicely under her uh, job description. So my, I guess my question to you would be, at this point, the person that you have is a clinician. What is their, is their future looking like in terms of their role in the administrative piece? Is that something that um, they're wanting to have a blend of? Is that something you're wanting them to have a blend of? Or is this like a stepping stone between needing an actual, you know, full-time administrative person on staff that you were using as a clinician? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, and I, I would have to check in with her certainly on this too, but I think from our discussions, the understanding would be this would be a good fit for a while as she builds her caseload and works toward license, independent licensure. And then I think the hope would be we'd assess what parts of it she wants to hold on to in her role down the road. And then she would maybe train or onboard a future, whether it would be part-time or full-time, maybe admin staff who would be solely in that position. So maybe it would be a, a non-clinician that would be brought on that she would, it would be nice because she will have been doing this position for long enough. I think that we could fine tune it and work together that she could actually train someone yeah. to do the things that she's doing. Then she can hold on. My thought is maybe to the social media social. or the, the pieces she really likes. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I was kind of moving towards is a lot of practices, group practices will use a clinician for the administrative piece because it's a great stepping stone and it's usually uh, a great way to do it financially. Um, mm -hmm. We are not wanting to use or outsource to a VA company or um, you don't need someone full-time in-house yet. Um, but the, from what I'm hearing from you, it makes the most sense to um, look at her position as one that is, is more short-term where uh, in the long-term her role is more clinical and maybe that social media piece, especially if that's her specialty area. I think it's really important to have someone dedicated to social media who knows what they're doing. So if you have that, that's actually um, a really positive thing to have so early on. Um, with that, because I know part of your questions initially were around the training piece. And one of the things that I would start having this person do now, even if you're not looking at hiring another administrative person at this moment, is to start having them record um, what the steps are of what they do. So that okay. um, a person that you do bring on in the future will have some sort of um, kind of training manual in the way. And people do it differently. So we have um, a website. We use – so Google G Suite is a yeah. – So we have an intro mm -hmm. site, and one of those is, a, is a, a training page. And we have it for clinicians, and we have one for admin. And it literally is videos walking through every step of everything we do. I mean, even from scanning a document into our scanner, we have a video showing how to do that. I mean, just everything. And it's something, it's a living document or a living page where we add to it whenever we think of another um, step or, or thing that we do. Uh, but it's a great adjunct to in-person uh, supporting. One of the things that 
all leadership books talk a lot about when it comes to bringing on new team members is that most businesses undertrain because one, the person who's doing the training has likely been doing that work for a while, that a lot of the beginning steps feel second nature and are automatically skipped as a thing that needs to be trained, one. Um, and two, because they're typically having a full-time job and doing doing their work, the amount of time that they spend training is much less than um, what a person needs to feel fulfilled, to feel like they're doing quality work, and for the person who's in charge of them or leading to feel like that person's learning at the pace that they should. Um, I, I forget, it's been years, but uh, so I can't think of the name of the book, but they had said for every 20, for every five minutes of work, you want to train them for 20 minutes. And so if you take that over the course of like a full 40 hour work week, which obviously in those 40 hours, you're not doing, you know, different things every single hour of the day. Some of that's going to be replicated, but you'll, you'll realize that the amount of time that a person needs to spend training uh, a new hire is actually way more than we think. And so having some kind of video manual can be a great supplement for times when uh, your clinician slash admin may not have the time to sit with that person the whole time, they'll be able to have that as an adjunct. And I, I always find that it's really smart to, as they're actually doing the work right now, just to hit record or just to, um, you know, make a, a document that kind of outlines what they're doing, whatever kind of works for that person. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. And I, I think we, we started having her do that with therapy notes. So I'll, I'll try yeah. to extend that out too. Yeah. I would just say literally everything you do. Um, I for, forget who had mentioned this um, some years ago, but they, they had said, you know, a way to really remember, because I think the biggest problem people have with training is that they are forgetting those basic things, the first mm -hmm. level, like first step stuff, because it's so second nature and basic to them that they've forgotten that it's something that actually needs to be trained. Um, and so thinking in terms of if I left and having your admin person think like to themselves, if I left tomorrow, what things would the next person need to know? What, what can I put together so that if there's literally no people available to teach this person, th there's this document or this uh, series of videos that will 100% get them to be working exactly how I am now. Mm -hmm. And that typically will help people kind of think of some of those basic uh, initial steps. Okay. Um, and when, when you go to hire, some, I'm just thinking down the road since I've really only hired people with clinical or mental health backgrounds, like who, where would you think of to hire someone who would be in like a purely admin role being that also maybe someone that has a skill set that they could, they could offer in terms of maybe bringing ideas around organization and um, I guess streamlining so tasks. You're Chicago. So similar to me. Um, and so anyone who's listening, this could vary you know, based off of the, your geographic location. Sure. Um, we've had really good success with um, Indeed and LinkedIn. Okay. The problem mm -hmm. with Indeed, I will tell you, it, for administrative, um, it's, a, it's a little different for clinical if you're looking for clinical, but for administrative, <laughs> you'll get like 500 applications and 490 of them are not going to be... Um, what you're looking for. 
So my suggestion would be if you do use that to um, be as clear as you can. And then you'll see that they have this questionnaire that you can uh, put up so that it filters people out. Like they have to meet certain criteria. So you can say they have to answer yes to this question or they have to answer no to this question to actually be able to submit an application. I recommend using that and being as, uh, you know, clear on that as possible. It's for administrative. Um, I wouldn't know. I would add as many questions as I can to it that they would have to meet criteria for because there's just so many people searching for administrative positions mm -hmm. and the algorithm is going to show your ad um, to everyone that mentions anything administrative at all, even if it doesn't fit what you're, what you're, what you're actually looking for. Um, so it'll be, that's a nice way to kind of weed out some people. Um, but we've, we've had really good luck with it here in Chicago. Um, and then what's nice is once we started having a really solid administrative team, we, um, prefer to bring people in internally. So the, you know, clinicians and administrative staff that we have now, whenever we're looking for another position, whether it's clinical or administrative, we send an internal email out and say, Hey, we're looking for someone because we, you know, really like our team so much that if we can have more people like the people we have, um, you know, that would be great. So, but I would start with, with things like in, in okay. are, are going to be really good for the Chicago, Chicagoland area. Just a heads up that you'll be deleting a lot of the applications because they're yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did use Indeed for the postdoc. So familiar. It did work well. And I guess with weeding out, did you find like, is there, I guess, uh, experiences or a background that you have found like fits very well for a mental, for an admin person for a mental health practice? So like I, I, I've done this a, a few different times and my current administrative team is my, my hopefully forever team. I really love all of them and they do solid work. And interestingly enough, um, all but one, no, all but two did not have mental health or medical background. They all had leadership and administrative background. So they kind of led an administrative team, one did in, at a lighting company, right? But she's now moving up to be our director of client services. She's been with us a little over a year now and, and is great. Um, we, we have two that were in the like medical field, but not mental health, one who um, did work around... Um, ESL and the other who did work around um, occupational therapy. So sort of not too far off from our, our field. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm actually, I, I've realized I'm more open on the administrative side to seeing what's out there beyond someone who's has specific mental health training, because um, if they have administrative training and they know how to lead their position, I'm looking for someone who can work independently, who's autonomous, but also a team player, um, uh, who doesn't need a lot of handholding. And I'm more willing to train on like the mental health piece of things than I am on training someone right out the get go on mental health in our practice and just how to lead their position. Mm hmm. I see. So I'm more open to, to, you know, finding someone outside of the mental health field as long as they have solid um, administrative uh, background. Okay. Yeah. Other practices are going to be different. You know, some, some prefer sure. 
someone who has mental health background uh, more than maybe administrative leadership background. Mm-hmm. And did most of these positions, would you say they started out part-time or they you built, you increased yep. their hours or the need for more admin as you grew as a practice? Yes. So, all, I mean, my one went straight full-time. My, my person who does the phones, I hired as a full-time person, um, but that was because the part-time person that we had was leaving for um, grad school. And, and so we knew that we just needed more than what she was doing at that time. So we went straight to full-time, but all the other positions and we have five admin positions were all part-time initially. And I think that's a great, a great way to build uh, a team, but be able to afford it without going, you know, all in right from the beginning to a full-time position. And that's something to think about um, when making a decision uh, to kind of separate that one clinician slash admin that you do have and bringing someone else on is what's important for, for you as the business owner, but also for your business beyond, um, you know, just having someone do the billing or having someone do the phones. Uh, for me, it was really important that it wasn't all falling on one person. And so for me, I preferred to have two part-time people than one full-time person administratively in the beginning because it allowed for them to each have their own roles. But once they uh, learned their roles, they started to learn each other's roles so that they could support each other for when one was sick or on vacation or if one was leaving um, the other one could, uh, you know, sort of pick up and be able to support that other position. And that for me was kind of the most important thing. And so that's something to think about is as you're thinking of your administrative structure, what things are most important to you in terms of your time and, and you as a business owner, but also what your administrative and clinical team needs, um, because that might guide what type of person or what roles that person is going to have. Um, like I said, for me, I really preferred having starting off two people part-time that got to know each other's positions, but really had dedicated separate roles so that on a normal day-to-day basis, they each did their own thing and covered more administrative tasks across the board between the two of them. But if anything happened, you know, none of the administrative work would fall back on me or my clinical director, which was one of the things we were seeing a lot of and was totally draining, you know, many years into having a group practice, having to answer the phones again, if our admin was gone for more than a day, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was something that was important to us, which is why we we started with hiring two part-time people versus just filling one full-time position. Okay. And it sounds like you found people that were that, that, arrangement works, the yeah. part-time arrangement. That's great. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Do you have any other awesome. last questions? Um, I think, no, oh, this is really helpful. Something for me to chew more on, um, and you know, to play around with, I think the, the suggestion about having this new, um, clinician, the hybrid position, take note and really yeah. be us being diligent about her um, kind of recording everything she's doing right now. I think it's definitely going to help things out in the long run because when you're hiring, I find that when the only support that person has during their onboarding process is the person training them, it puts a lot of, 
a lot of time commitment on that person and doesn't leave them with enough time to actually get their own work done that they normally have to do. Or you end up having to step in and add extra work to your load. So um, while things are still kind of in the calm and your person is still going to do the work anyways, hitting the record button on their screen while they're doing something in therapy notes or um, you know, recording uh, something that they're doing anyways isn't going to cause more work for them uh, and will make, make it easier for that next hire to be able to have during some of that alone time, time to kind of watch those recordings. And this is just a little technology question, but how do you rec- how are people recording themselves when they're in? Yeah. Is so, that like a Mac thing? Um, well, I when I was doing it, I was using uh, QuickTime Player, which is a Mac thing. But Loom, L-O-O-M dot com is free. And it's uh, you can record your screen. Um, you can record your voice. It's a really simple program that anyone can use. And so my, um, L O O M L O O M. Yeah. Loom. Okay. Com. Um, okay. obviously if you have zoom, you can use zoom. That's the same thing, but loom is nice. It's free. Um, and, and it's, it, I like that it has, um, on the left hand corner, you can have it so that you're the person who's doing the recording, their face shows in like a nice little circle on the bottom corner, um, where then the screen is showing up in the back in, in all of the background. It just has a nice, look to it um so yeah that i would recommend using that it's free otherwise zoom is fine or quicktime player if they have a macbook is fine and there's a lot of recordings we we did or our onboarding coordinator did that were recorded on the phone you know like when she was doing recordings on how to send a scan or on opening procedures i mean she walked through at each location she went and walked through and showed where we turn it we we use like lamps not the overhead lights we turn on Mm -hmm. the we fill the candy bowls. I mean, not now, obviously, but, um, you know, just kind of walks through that process so that, you know, if, if they happen to be the first person in, um, you know, when we train people, they might not be the first person walking into an office for like four months, right? Because they might initially be coming in in the middle of the day or when someone else is there. Um, and so it's nice, you know, you train, if you train someone initially, a lot of that material that they're learning isn't going to absorb until they actually have to use that information and if it takes a handful of months they're likely going to forget and that's where these recordings are helpful because they can just pop back into it and say okay now I'm actually opening let me make sure I didn't forget something and they don't have to you know either worry about trying to get a hold of the onboarding person or whoever was training them if they're not there yeah that's great I'll definitely look into loom yeah great idea yeah well it was nice meeting you Yes. Nice nice meeting you virtually as well. Yeah. Well, you have a good Monday and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for all your help, Maureen. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join the Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.